Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Today is Monday, February 1st, and our Bruins are back in action tonight against the Washington Capitals, a team that beat them 4-3 in overtime on Saturday night. We'll take some time to go over that game, as well as preview the rematch tonight, as well as name our Bruin of the Week here on today's podcast. Before we get to all that, let me remind you that the podcast is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, whatever podcast app you use, please hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. If you are on Twitter and Instagram, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins on Twitter and at Locked On Bruins on Instagram. You can find me, my Bruins analysis, dad jokes, hockey commentary at Ian C. McLaren uh, on both platforms, actually. I think that's everything by way of introduction. I did get a review over the weekend uh, suggesting maybe I shouldn't have to introduce myself every podcast, so perhaps I'll do that once a week. Not everybody listens every day, uh, so that's why I try to let people know who I am and where I'm coming from, Uh, but again, fair point uh, to the one who said, not a good podcast, Red Rock 457, well... I apologize and uh, hope that I can make things better here today. Now, on Saturday, the Bruins, like I said, fell 4-3 to the Washington Capitals as Alex Ovechkin scored 28 seconds into overtime to uh, end any possibility of a full comeback for the Bruins. The Bruins had been down 3-0 in the game, tied it late, and were unable to uh, get the extra point from the Washington Capitals, although you could easily argue that they were the better team on the night. Head coach Bruce Cassidy pretty much came out and said that very thing. The Bruins outshot them 43-23, and all the fancy stats, including uh, possession, expected goals, it all fell in Boston's favor. The only thing missing was that extra goal to get the win. Bruce Cassidy said, if you look at the overall game, At the end of the day, you know we made a few mistakes. They're a team that can capitalize in a hurry. Got some guys who can score. We had some looks that the Capitals saved, but also we missed some off-net chances, and we certainly could have scored. So at the end of the day, Cassidy said the team battled back. He's looking at it as a positive, where there were a lot of things he liked about the game, minus the end result. Again, he said he thought the Bruins did a lot of things well, certainly well enough to get two points. We got one. We'll focus on getting two on Monday now, uh, which is obviously tonight in the rematch. The Bruins, yeah, they certainly did look like the better team. Very unfortunate to fall down 3-0 in this one, but all credit for them uh, battling back and making a game of it. Brad Marchand 
kind of echoed his coach saying the Bruins shouldn't have lost this game. They're not hanging their heads. They did a great job coming back. Missed a couple chances early when it could have been a completely different game. And, you know, Washington's goalie, Vanacek, certainly stood tall uh, to get the win for his team. Marchand added, we were right there, carried the play for the majority of the game, and they're a great team. They find ways to score goals. That's what they do. They don't need much of an opportunity, but we have to be happy with how we came back and how we played tonight. We just have to keep building on that. If we play like that every night, we're going to win a lot more games than we lose. We had a good game. We've always been a resilient team. We knew we weren't going to quit. We just kept pushing. The biggest thing was we were winning battles and funneling everything towards the net. Charlie McAvoy said the Bruins match up well with the Capitals. They're obviously a good team, but so are the Bruins. Our group responded well to the adversity. We had two periods into the game. It was a fun challenge, exciting in our end to come back and get a point and an opportunity in 48 hours, meaning tonight, Monday, they'll try again to get the two points. There was some criticism tossed on Tuka Rask after this one from the Twitter sphere. Perhaps rightfully so. He only made 19 saves on 23 shots for an 826 save percentage. Certainly, he didn't look his best in this one. All goalies will have off nights. Um, a lot of people, or I had some people coming at me saying it seems like he is just unable to beat the Capitals. Uh, but yeah, perhaps he struggled against them in the past, but his body of work as a whole remains excellent. He's our number one goalie. They have off nights, and the Bruins played well enough uh, yeah, to get the win. Unfortunate that they fell in the 3-0 hole, uh, but you can't pin it all on one player. Uh, there were breakdowns or jumped on opportunities by the Capitals, and that's just the way things go sometimes. David Pasternak saw 20 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time in this one, recorded five shots on goal, as well as a primary assist on Charlie McAvoy's goal that tied the game late in the third period. We'll talk more about Charlie McAvoy. Spoiler alert here in our Bruin of the Week. I thought, yeah, Pasternak obviously looked pretty good. Uh, not quite his old self. It's his first game in months. And I expect a better effort uh, here in Monday and just as the days go on. The only Bruin not to record a shot on net from the forward ranks was Andres Bjork. Uh, I thought he, Carson Kuhlman, really underwhelmed. There's some injury issues at the moment pressing them into action. But once Jake DeBrusque, uh, Andre Kasha are back, perhaps that will sort itself out. On Sunday, Charlie Coyle was absent from uh, practice. So hopefully he's able to go here on Monday night against the Capitals. Uh, Patrice Bergeron led the way for the Bruins with three points, all assists. He is now uh, at 11 points in eight games for the Bruins, which is uh, just remarkable production for a 35-year-old center. And he just seems to get better with age. On the other side of things, Zdeno Chara, Saw 20 minutes and 54 seconds of ice time against the Bruins. Recorded one shot on goal, six blocks, uh, zero recorded hits, which is interesting playing against his old team. Uh, and he will be ready to go for the rematch. The hug that he gave Ovechkin after the game-winning goal was a bit painful to watch, as was 
Chara celebrating an earlier goal scored by Tom Wilson. Um, and yeah, the fact that they play another seven times beginning tonight is just fueling this rivalry. You have two of the game's best scorers. You have the Bruins' former captain. And Marshan said, this is definitely the way you create rivalries. That's almost what we have here. Almost being the key word. Not quite there, but as early as tonight, there could be some fuel thrown in that fire. We play them a lot this year, and we're going to be competing, and they're going to be one of the better teams. It's going to be fun, and for sure. Tonight's game against Washington should be fun to watch as well. And uh, keep it locked here at LO Boston Bruins for tweets from the game as it happens. As I mentioned, Sunday's practice, Charlie Coyle was absent. So we had Marshan Bergeron, Pasternak on the top line. Richie Krejci-Smith on the second line. Bjork, Corrale, Kuhlman, third line. And then a fourth line of Frederick Lindholm-Wagner. So Frederick and Bjork being... Switched up there, Smith being bumped to the second line, Kuhlman bumped down, and then Lozon, McAvoy, Clifton, Carlo, Zboro, Miller. Didn't love what I saw from Clifton and Carlo in this one, um, but doesn't look like Moore's ready or Vakaninen will be given the chance to uh, step in there as a left-hand shot. Uh, and I'd expect Yaroslav Halak to get the start, but we'll wait and see that announcement from Bruce Cassidy after the morning skate here on Monday. Before we move along, let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. The Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. NHL continues on, as well as the NBA. Baseball is just around the corner, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, you can use promo code LOCKEDON, for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can visit betonline underscore AG on social media as well to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business from our good friends and exclusive partner. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code locked on to receive the 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Locked On Today is an exciting new podcast here on the Locked On Network. We're covering everything you need to know about what's going on around the world of sports. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. On Mondays here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, I anoint the Bruin of the Week. And as I alluded earlier in the show, this week I'm bestowing that honor on defenseman Charlie McAvoy. McAvoy went pointless through his first four games of the season. And over the last four games, he has exploded with one goal and six assists for seven points over his last four games. Charlie McAvoy, of course, has become an integral part of the Bruins He leads the team in ice time in five-on-five play, and he has a Corsi percentage of 56.45. He's been on the ice for 140 shot attempts taken by the Bruins and only 108 against. Uh, Charlie McAvoy, like I said, has become uh, an exceptional defenseman for the Boston Bruins. When we kick that up to all situations, again, he leads the Bruins in total ice time 
with almost 200 minutes to date, and he has a Corsi percentage of 59.69. And as Emily Kaplan of ESPN wrote this week, Charlie McAvoy is ready to step up as the next great Boston Bruins defenseman. Here's a little bit of what she wrote uh, this past week. The Bruins let Chara and Krug walk in free agency, hoping to retool the blue line on the fly. That left McAvoy, the number 14 pick at the 2016 draft, as the team's obvious number one option. Through six games at the time of writing, he was averaging five more minutes per game than any teammate. At six feet, 208 pounds, McAvoy blends the size and physicality of a prototypical shutdown defenseman with the speed and agility of a next-gen blue liner. He's already a decent puck mover, but admits his goal for the 2021 season is to shoot the puck more and challenge myself to be a bigger part of the offense. At next year's Beijing Olympics, where NHL players are scheduled to return after a hiatus in 2018, McAvoy is a leading candidate to make Team USA and can team up with Zacharensky, Seth Jones, Quinn Hughes, and Jacob Slavin to form one of the most dynamic young blue lines the country has ever seen. Playing in the Olympics would be something so special, McAvoy said. It's always been a dream of mine and something I would take incredible pride in. McAvoy's ascent has been a steady one, and he has been poised for a bigger spotlight for some time. It was becoming apparent toward the end of last season. Quote from Bruce Cassidy, You're seeing a bit of the passing of the torch, like Charlie is playing more minutes, playing in all situations, things that Z did years ago in his prime. And we saw in the game against Washington on Saturday just how special McAvoy can be. He set up the tying, or sorry, a goal for the Bruins to bring the game within one by Brad Marchand in the third period where he made a beautiful move towards the back of the net, shot a crisp pass to Marchand who was stationed in front, and then Marchand wired it past uh, Vanacek for that 3-2 goal, and then he was on the ice with the extra skater in the third period's dying seconds, and he was able to get his stick on the puck and pop it in for the game-tying goal. Uh, Just a really great display from McAvoy, who showed leadership, poise, and that offensive ability to be able to uh, help the Bruins tie the game and send it to overtime. McAvoy's seven points put him in a tie for fourth among players at his position. Remember, all seven of those points have come in the past uh, four games. At the time of this recording, Quinn Hughes of the Vancouver Canucks led all defensemen with 11 points, although he has played 11 games. John Carlson of the Capitals and Kale McCarr of the Colorado Avalanche with 10 points apiece in nine games. John Klingberg with eight points through five games, tied with Jeff Petrie and Sam Girard of the Colorado Avalanche. And then McAvoy was tied with Charlie McAvoy, Ty Smith, Morgan Riley, Darnell Nurse, Victor Hedman, and Shea Theodore. His ice time is up there among the league leaders as well. He's ninth with an average of 24.56. And his points per game, uh, excellent as well, 0.88. And again, a lot of his production has come over the last few games. So if he keeps up this pace, he should rise those ranks. And he could very well be in 
the um, running for the Norris Trophy at the end of this season, if not this season as a finalist, then certainly in the next season or two, he will be very much in that conversation. Uh, So Charlie McAvoy, Bruin of the Week, well-deserved and so great to see him rolling and to see him putting up points for the Bruins, but also locking things down in the defensive end. A very special player, and we are certainly lucky to have him as a Bruin. I mentioned he was the 14th pick at the 2016 draft. He was the fourth defenseman taken in that draft class. Ahead of him went Oli Uilovi for the Vancouver Canucks. He's only appeared in seven career games with one goal to his credit. Mikhail Sergachev went to Montreal at uh, number nine. He's since been traded to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but he's had a very successful career to date. 234 games played, 109 points. Uh, Directly ahead of McAvoy was Jake Bean, uh, selected by the Carolina Hurricanes. He's only played in four games, zero points to date. And so, yeah, when it comes to points, Charlie McAvoy, 192 games. His next point will be the 100th of his career. And he, along with Sergachev, clearly standing out as the top defenseman selected that year, although... Samuel Girard, not too far behind. He's got 92 points, but he has some games on uh, McAvoy. Jacob Chitrin was a guy that I had thought the Bruins might target back in 2016, and he uh, has done pretty well in his career to date with the Arizona Coyotes. 242 games, 86 points, but McAvoy, 99 points, 192 games, a very exceptional uh, showing to date, and he is only going to get better. Another player drafted that year was Victor Mete, and apparently he's asking for a trade from the uh, Montreal Canadiens. He's not being used very much. He is a left-hand shot. He's appeared in 171 games for the Canadiens, only 31 points. Uh, but he's a, a guy that I could see the Bruins perhaps making a play for on the trade market. He's a very talented uh, more perhaps more offensive defenseman, but he could really bring some depth on the left side that the Bruins uh, desperately need. Well, not desperately. Uh, Jeremy Lozon and Jacobs Borrell have been pretty good so far, uh, but always worth exploring when a player like Mete becomes available or Vince Dunn even more in St. Louis. So we'll see what tricks uh, Don Sweeney might have up his sleeve here as the season goes on. But for right now, Boston Bruins, Charlie McAvoy, We're so lucky to have him, and hopefully Matt Grizzlick comes back soon to give him a bit more support on the left side and to take some of the uh, offensive burden off of him. But uh, looks like he's on track for a breakout season as we speak, and uh, I'm very excited to see that play out. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. It comes in 18 delicious flavors, six new ones including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Each Built Bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Some have nuts, others don't, and each is 100% gluten-free, which is important to me as someone who has celiac. Now, it's not just a delicious treat. They're also great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight, 
while enjoying this delicious bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. Great if you are on the keto diet, for example. If you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Mix and match your box of bars, and you can get 20% off by using promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL, as we do here on the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. The big news on Sunday was the Rangers placing defenseman Tony D'Angelo on waivers. He signed a two-year, $9.6 million contract on October 15th. He's got one point and a minus six rating in six games this season. He's also known to be not the greatest person. (laughs) You can tell from his Twitter account and the politics that he carries that he's perhaps not the most popular person in the room. And reports from... Uh, around New York suggests that he was involved in a tussle with goaltender Alexander Georgiev after Saturday night's loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins, and that was kind of the last straw. He's known, again, for you know uh, denying COVID, for being a pr- Trump supporter, and clearly his stay in New York has run its course. He was a healthy scratch in a 5-0 win over the Islanders on January 16th after taking an unsportsmanlike penalty in the third period of their previous 4-0 loss to the Islanders. And um, head coach uh, David Quinn said after practice on Sunday that he gets the questions, people want specifics, but it's the decision we made as an organization. And in 24 hours, if he clears waivers, They'll be able to be more specific and address the situation differently. He said this isn't about one incident. It's a situation that the organization felt was best at the current time, and we'll see how it plays out. According to Rick Carpinello of The Athletic, the last straw for Tony D'Angelo and the Rangers apparently occurred moments after he was on the ice for the overtime goal scored by Sidney Crosby Saturday night at the Garden. Three sources confirmed to The Athletic that there was indeed an altercation involving D'Angelo and goalie Alexander Georgiev in the tunnel that leads to the Rangers' locker room. Georgiev was held off the practice on Sunday for maintenance, quote-unquote. The altercation was quickly broken up. The Rangers did not confirm or deny the incident occurred, but, uh, you know, good on Georgiev if it actually is true. And we'll see here on Monday if D'Angelo is claimed or not. He did have the fourth highest point total among defensemen last season. He does have hockey talent, more offensive than defensive. And perhaps a team, I don't know, maybe like the Detroit Red Wings might make a claim, seeing as they have the number one claim. And Steve Eisenman drafted him when he was general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Could be a reclamation project. But it doesn't seem worth it based on his defensive deficiencies as well as his personality that clearly rubs people the wrong way. And yeah, just uh, his decision to support certain uh, conspiracy theories and the like. So uh, interesting situation in New York to be sure. I wanted to also mention... Marco Rossi of the Minnesota Wild. He returned home to Austria on Saturday 
to rest with his family due to complications from COVID-19. There's no timetable for his return. Uh, Rossi was diagnosed with COVID-19 prior to playing for Austria at the World Junior Championship. Uh, he was the captain for his home or for his country at that tournament. He went into quarantine with the intent on joining Minnesota's training camp squad, but it was announced on January 10th that he would be out indefinitely with an upper body injury. So very unfortunate situation, and it clearly drives home the importance of taking precautionary measures when it comes to COVID-19. This is a serious illness. Rossi's only 19, and he's unable to play his rookie season in the NHL because of complications with this virus. And uh, that's obviously very unfortunate, and I hope he uh, recovers fully. I had the chance to interview Rossi last season while I was working for SB Nation, covering some junior hockey prospects. He's a wildly talented uh, center and uh, a good kid off the ice as well. And I do hope that he is able to make a full recovery and, uh, you know, be part of the wild for, for many years to come. Speaking of COVID-19, Kyle Palmieri was placed on the COVID protocol list on Sunday prior to a game against the Buffalo Sabres and an AHL game between uh, Vegas's AHL club and San Jose's AHL club was called off mid-game last night, or sorry, on Saturday night when a player uh, was deemed to have tested positive. I don't really know why the game began with uh, some tests not having come through yet. And it just goes to show how careful we still need to be with all of this. And yeah, not ideal for sports to be happening right now. And, and we'll kind of see how uh, things shake out here in the coming weeks. I mentioned Vince Dunn earlier in the podcast. Joe Haggerty of Boston Hockey Now wonders whether the Bruins should take a look. Proposing offering up winger Anders Bjork as part of a package, I would be all for that if the Blues were interested in taking Bjork back. Although it would probably take more than that, uh, at least a second round pick on top of Bjork, I would think, if not a first. That's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for listening. And I am looking forward to tonight's game against the Washington Capitals. Again, follow at LO Boston Bruins for tweets throughout the day and during the game uh, just in terms of the lineup and anything that happens in the game. Uh, hopefully Charlie Coyle is able to go and the Bruins can get back on the winning side of things here with another good effort against the Capitals from there. They're on to Philadelphia and uh, we'll discuss those games uh, when they come up. Thanks so much for, uh, for listening again. Please do check out Locked On NHL as well. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampato interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey, get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts, and please do subscribe to Locked On Bruins as well so that you never miss an episode. Uh, again, I'm Ian McLaren. Thank you so much for joining me. And we'll be back with another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins tomorrow. Peace.